0: This is Carl Polichuk, and you're listening to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We are dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Hey everybody, this is Carl. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. I'm joined today by Chris Weiser, who I've seen around the globe recently. Actually, two different countries this year. We, we were just in Montreal together. How are you today?
1: Doing very well, sir. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. So you are coming to us from Austin, Texas. You don't sound Austonian.
1: No, I'm actually from Wisconsin natively. So, I, And I probably don't really sound Wisconsin, Wisconsinite, I guess is probably the way you say that, Wisconsinian, whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, either, um, well, and you can relate to this, the fact that we are both stage speakers. You get pretty uh, accent independent as probably the best, most politically correct term. But uh, so I'm, I'm from Milwaukee. I had a large MSP up in the Milwaukee market, suburb of Milwaukee called Waukesha and sold that MSP back in June of 2015 and relocated to Austin just to basically get out of winter.
0: <laughs> right, trust me, I understand. So uh, we, we call it the Midwest accent, which is kind of the American no accent. Um, I was re- born in North Dakota and raised in Washington State. And so uh, I spent, and then I lived in Michigan for a long time. So I've spent so much time in the snow. I've just decided I never have to do that again.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm with you, man. It's uh, it's not much fun. Uh, it, it's actually fine. And people, people with me down here in Texas, it's like 100 degrees during the summer for like 30, 40, 50, 60 days. Um, and they say to me, like, oh my God, you can't stand that heat. And I'm sure. I'll tell you what, go to Wisconsin in the middle of January. With the humidity? And, and then tell me which is worse. Oh. Because it's, it's way worse being up there uh, in the cold. Because you just, I, I tell people that talk to me all the time, you can get cold, you can get warm twice a day. And once is like right when you're ready to get out of bed. You know, we all know that point. Right when you're getting out of bed and you're super warm, that, that's it. And then when you're in the middle of your shower, that's literally it. That's the only time you're, you're warm in the middle of, of January in Wisconsin. So I will take the heat and the, and the dry air all day long.
0: And when you get cold, you get cold to the bone. So. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> anyway, on pleasanter topics, uh, the weather was perfect. It was like 60, 65 degrees yeah. in uh, Montreal. And then I came home here. It's 85. So it's like 20 degrees in one day. So, so anyway, yeah. so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, and the WISER agency?
1: Sure, uh, so obviously you, you all just heard me talk about that I uh, had a large MSP firm, had about 30 employees, decent sized company, um, and a lot of. And I sold that company in 2015. A lot of people asked me why I sold it. Okay, you had a successful company, why did you sell it? Um, somebody walked up to me with a check and kind of something I realized in, in life, I actually was a partner in an internet firm, uh, internet service provider, a dial-up internet, that's how old we are, Carl. Uh, I was, was a dial-up internet provider and the i was a minority partner i voted yes to sell the company back then because somebody walked out with a check and the the husband and wife team that i was partnered with said no and they ended up not selling the company and nobody got any money and it was a 10 million million dollar sale at that point i would have gotten a million dollars at 24 three years old so it was just you know i saw that happen and so i had somebody walk up to me the check and i said yes and I was always a sales and marketing focused CEO anyway versus most of the people in our industry are super tech strong. I'm not super tech strong. I don't debate that in any capacity. So what I did after coming out of that was I said how can I help IT firms, MSP CEOs, owners, you know, owners of small to medium sized IT firms make themselves more money, make them more successful. So I created uh, what I have is my seven-figure MSP program, which is geared towards helping IT and SMB CEO or MSB CEOs uh, really grow their firms through the use of sales and marketing coaching. So we don't provide really marketing content, but we provide all marketing coaching, helping you to reduce the time frame, and that's really the key that that time factor. We can all learn this stuff on our own if if given unlimited time, but what do we not have in our lives? It's unlimited time. So one thing we can't get back, I mean, we can both, all of us listening, we can make more money every day, but we can never make time. So what we do is we help you reduce the time from A to Z in, you know, learning how to sell properly, actually having sales processes in place, uh, creating, uh, eliminating objections, and all these other different things to make yourself actually close sales in a systematic and process driven way. So So that's really what we do.
0: Uh, I travel a bit. Uh, I'm actually, uh, I, I have to check in for my flight to Australia in four days. So, oh, you know.
1: Man. That's not a fun flight, man.
0: The, uh, but I literally meet people all over the world. And when I ask them, what do you need more than anything else? The number one answer is always either sales or marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Or their are correlates, which is more leads, more prospects, more clients. Right? So you... Yep must be very busy
1: yeah we're, we're extremely busy we're growing like crazy literally hundred percentage points quarterly which is which is pretty amazing and you just hit a very very important topic and a lot of people just and I see the same thing like we were, you and I were speaking in front of hundreds of people last week in Montreal at the same event and uh, it was cool to see each other and it was great to chat and everyone there like they all were talking about I need more leads I need more sales I need I need more Revenue, et cetera, et cetera. And the big problem that I saw in the industry is there's some phenomenal uh, marketing trainers and marketing teachers. We, you know, people that are in our community, and they do a really good job at helping them build leads. But most of these people don't do not know how to close. They do not know how to sell. So even if they had the perfect lead sitting in front of them, they couldn't actually close them properly. And could they close them without maybe? You know, probably they could close them, but could they close them without reducing their price or allowing the client to dictate the path? Most of the time, and I'm going to say 95% of the time, the answer is no on that. So what we do is we help you to get that optimum dollar through sales process and through objection elimination and doing the right things to get you. You know, Our clients are averaging $275 per seat per month. Uh, which is, you know, we say that to other people. I just, we just closed a guy in Australia last week and he said, you can do what? Like he was (laughs) shocked by, he was shocked by that number. (laughs) And it's something that we're doing every day. And and coincidentally, we have other Australian guys that are going back into their clients, American people. You know, we have people in in basically all circles of the globe doing this stuff right now and seeing a lot of success. So yes, we are extremely busy right now.
0: So, um, So in the difference between sales and marketing, a lot of people do sales training and a lot of people do marketing services. Do you do both?
1: Well, we don't necessarily deliver marketing services. We do a lot more coaching and 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 there's a to me there's a big difference between sales training because we can I can train certain people how to do stuff but then you put them in the live environment and they're kind of lost <laughs> and they don't necessarily know what to do. So we give them a forum, a community tons of content. We do give some marketing content, not a ton. Our goal isn't to, to be a marketing content generator. Um, but I, I also come in from the digital marketing and social media side. I'm very strong. Like my whole session last week when we saw each other in Montreal was on driving new leads to your pipeline using digital marketing strategies, specifically LinkedIn. Um, so the whole concept of it is we focus on sales training, helping them charge. our whole things, making sure that they're charging the right amount for their services and packaging properly and signing longer term agreements to make themselves long-term recurring value in their company. That's really what we do. And then we support it with other things, but we also encourage them to partner with other firms that provide a lot of that content as
0: well. Right. Well, there's plenty of them. So, correct. you know, it's interesting because it seems to me the, the biggest weakness that I sort of sense from partners is that they quickly, run out of ways to deal with a client and they think the client has the upper hand. And so rather than sit there silently and waiting (laughs) for the client to respond, they say, what if I give you a break? What if I cut the price? Uh, And it just seems like a, a bad way to break the silence.
1: Yeah, that's, that's actually a really unique way of putting that. And I agree with you 100%. It's it's something that, well, and, and you think about, you get down to it. A lot of these people are not sales trained or sales coached in any capacity and they see an objection and their immediate remedy to the objection is either to bend on the service level, which we're going to talk about in a second here, because this is a whole nother level, a whole nother animal with today's world of cybersecurity and the risk that MSPs are facing because they're reducing their system stack and reducing their services to try and accommodate the client and say, okay, I can charge less yeah, by giving you less services, but now I'm massively more at risk, right? Or they see it as, oh, I'll just reduce my price or I'll just go month to month with you. And you know, all you're doing is shooting yourself in the foot in every, in every one of those cases, because you're not helping your business and you're actually not helping the client because you're allowing them to to dictate things that they don't know. Imagine going into the doctor and saying, okay, I don't want to pay this for my cancer treatment. Well, I just, I mean, want, I just want to do this small part.
0: I see these conversations online, and I, it's so frustrating to me because I can't take the time to spend 20 minutes writing a lengthy, well-thought-out response to every stupid idea on the internet.
1: But... Yeah,
0: yeah. Sometimes I see these forums whether it's on Reddit or Facebook or whatever where people say, "Oh, my client won't pay for support on the laptops, so uh, we're not going to have antivirus and RMM on the laptops, but we will on the desktops." So it's like, "Oh my god, like how yeah. can yeah. you even consider doing this? It's just absurd to me."
1: Well, and it's and it's all com- you know, you think about what we just talked about, it's all it's all coming down to I don't have any other methods and I don't have any other tools in my basket. So I'm going to allow them to dictate the process and I'm going to let price be the number one differentiation point. And if that's the case, then you become a commodity, which means that your client has the upper hand in every capacity and you might as well just stop. So those are things that we really work on. And and the you know, the other thing we haven't talked about this yet, but the other thing is that. This is not, and this is where the the having a regular coaching agreement and and somebody that you can work with on a regular basis comes in, because this is not just something you say like, okay, I'm going to sell today. It's a mindset. You have to have a, you have to have a mindset of a sales focused organization that all has to come across the board from start to finish. And that's the, you know, I said this on stage last week. Also, I did not have an MSP. I had a sales and marketing firm that delivered it services and that I can control and if I'm good at driving leads and knowing how to close sales at the right dollar amount, I can do anything. Like that's the mind. Cash flow oh, solves all problems.
0: It's an interesting point because um, I've often made this distinction to people that you know, if what you do is go out <clears throat> and sell an extra, whatever, five thousand, two thousand dollar contract every month, month after month after month, uh, you are a sales organization, uh, and you have to decide whether you're going to be. Focusing on tech or sales, and if you focus on tech, that's cool. Just know that you won't be making a five thousand dollars sale every month, right? Yeah. And and so it's yeah,
1: very well said. Very well said.
0: And, and the problem is when you're when you have thirty employees, it's fairly straightforward. Either the owner or a salesperson goes out and, and beats the street. But when you have five people, it's really hard for one person to spend all of their time doing sales.
1: Yeah, although on the flip side of that, I think about when I started my MSP, uh, we had no other avenues but to build an internal team. Now, 2019, 2020, we have a ton of avenues to outsource so much of the service delivery side. Obviously, choosing a a proper partner for that is key, uh, but there's so many avenues to actually, and we have multiple clients in my seven-figure MSP program that they are one to two-person shops, and they're outsourcing all their dispatch. They're outsourcing all their help desk. Um, obviously they have control over it. And you know, the, the most successful ones in my organization are actual a two-partner team, husband-wife, mostly coincidentally. It just happens, I could never work with my wife. I would go crazy. She'd probably <laughs> she'd be the one that goes crazy for the record. Um, but um, he's running tech and she runs sales, or vice versa. And that's been working really, really well, even on the small level. And we have small two-person shops doing three quarters of a million dollars in sales to and up we have multiple that are doing over a million dollars that are husband wife teams two-person shops outsourcing all of the service delivery with and they're real sales organizations now it's taken six to nine twelve months to get there uh got a got a young woman named jerry morgan based in denver she's just killing it her and her husband her husband bill handles all the stuff she is just killing it and it's just awesome to see somebody come from a one-person shop technically and, and turn into and is and that primarily
0: like, delivering cloud services?
1: Actually, they're delivering very very little cloud. They're their traditional managed services, but focusing on cybersecurity is where they're so they're leading with cybersecurity in and delivering a full suite of services that are top-down, uh, partnering with multiple cybersecurity vendors and and they have a basically they have a virtual CISO on staff, uh, chief information security officer that that works for them. And uh, it's working quite well.
0: Very cool. So um, you also have a Facebook group. Is it
1: mm-hmm.
0: do you encourage people to get a hold of you first there or first on LinkedIn or?
1: Um, I, I love I mean, the Facebook group is called IT and MSP business owners group. It's been it's it's crazy how much this has grown. Because when you and I first talked last fall, I was at 3,800 members, I think if I remember right now, we're over, we just hit 6,100 yesterday. So it's, it's growing pretty massively. Uh, What I would say is the first thing that I would do is, you know, take a look at the Facebook group. If you just go there, it's IT and MSP business owners group. It's awesome collaboration. There's so many people talking, not only tech, but I, you know, all the posts that my team and I do are all sales and marketing focused. Um, but obviously, you know, and we have our seven figure MSP system as well. So if you just, if you want to get a hold of me, just go seven, type in the number seven figure MSP.com.
0: All right. Or you can Google
1: it. You can Google it too. You we'll also... put
0: it all in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Perfect.
0: So, um, one of the things I notice about that group is that, uh, people will ask a question and then sometimes the answers are from people who are really high up and have dealt with this for 30 years. And sometimes it's from people who just started yesterday and don't really know what they're talking about. And so you have to kind of filter through that. But you guys, mostly your team, you basically, you jump in on the marketing side of things, not on the, uh, you know, how to configure a router
1: (laughs) kind of thing. Yeah, I really have no desire to talk about (laughs) anything. You can, the way I look at it, and somebody actually put this out to me. They said, you know, if in fact, they were talking about this and said, hey, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to have... $50,000 Fifty thousand dollars of cash, and be a sales-focused CEO in on one side of town, and you can be a single-person tech with fifty thousand cash on the other side of town. Who do you think's going to win? It's going to always be that person that has the sales first, and even they say, they say the sales the sales-focused guy is going to win first. Then why are you doing all this tech stuff first? That's my whole thing, right? Um, and it's more—it's mostly what we're comfortable with. And exactly, it's because
0: of the myth revisited, thing. right? That yep, yep. technicians who had a fit of entrepreneurship.
1: Yep, exactly. And, and if you haven't read that book, by the way, that anybody that's listening, the E Myth and the E Myth Revisited, are both phenomenal reads. And I, th- I think it all just comes down to the reason that we focused on sales and marketing so much. I said this earlier a little bit. Cash flow solves all problems in business. I can fix anything I want with enough cash, right? And ultimately, if you just focus on service delivery, you're going to have this amazing widget. And then nobody's going to buy it versus go out and sell the widget first. And like my whole mindset, everything I do from, from start to start to finish, this goes all the way back to my it days. My very first cloud deal that I sold was a $9,600 a month cloud deal. I didn't even have a partner yet. And I sold it. And I was, it was, this is, tw- keep in mind, this was 2010 and I sold a four server, 200 user desktop deal in the cloud actually I don't think it was that big at that time I think it was 50 users in the cloud but it was a terminal server based cloud environment that was and we sold it and I knew it would work in theory I sold it didn't have it built yet most of these tech <laughs> guys they want to build that entire thing first right spend all the cash and then hope that somebody buys it if you build it they will come mindset and then so back to what I said you know cash flow solves all problems and we can fix just about everything we do with a sales focused sales first mindset.
0: So when folks engage with you, uh, do you do some assessment of like where they are, what, you know, how they've how they've uh, worked in the past and try to fit into where they came from? Or do you say, nope, I got a system. Here it is. You know, do it my way or the highway.
1: Yeah, kind of a combo of that. I mean, obviously, we want to see where they stand um, and. And I will say this is pretty common across the board. You'd be shocked, probably, to see. I, I, I'll have to show you this behind the scenes sometime and show you how similar the one-person or two-person MSP is to the 25 to 30-person MSP. They're almost—they're all almost identical. They just—they just added to the problem. They're doing all this tech. They're really comfortable with the tech. They're really good at service delivery but they have no sales process. So we start always with sales. We start with low hanging fruit, helping them to go get some immediate cash flow, And then we kind of move it up the ladder. And, you know, we do an application process on the front side to make sure we gauge where they stand. But then it turns into pretty much follow our process because we know it works and it's very proven. And I think out of 200 plus clients, we've only had like one or two that had that side of things in order. And even some of them, they, they weren't, you know, they knew what they were supposed to do but they weren't doing it consistently. And that's, a, that's another major factor that consistently and persistently doing things is a major, major factor that you know, marketing and sales works that way. If you don't do it that way, it doesn't work.
0: Right, so I always make sure people know I do, I do enough sales and marketing related stuff mm-hmm. to, to sort of keep my finger in, but it is not my bailiwick, right? It is not, I have never told anybody that I was a sales trainer, marketing trainer, any of that kind of stuff. Um, but when I get a new client, almost always, if they are not getting paid in advance for everything, that's the first thing I try to turn around. Um, but, but I consider that more consulting. It's not really related to sales and marketing, although I would want every new client to pay in advance.
1: Yeah, that's surely business 101, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes right back to that same do thing. Do you that estate?
0: kind of training as well? Or kind uh, of- we,
1: help them. we help them with their financials, absolutely. You know, we, we treat that's also a major problem in the MSP industry is that a lot of people just, they're very embarrassed of their money situation and they don't want to talk about it. They want to sit back in a, in a closet almost. So we definitely, you know, from, and I do a good amount of one-on-ones with my elite program members. They get to spend time with me one-on-one. They can even, you know, I, I had a couple guys come down here for a week and spend time with me here in Austin. And it just, the things that you can get accomplished, but back to your question, Absolutely, we train on that, teaching them how to properly build people ahead of time, sign longer-term agreements, making sure that cash should be in the front side of your discussions, not always in arrears. I had this client that uh, just came to us. He's got twenty, roughly twenty employees, and he's got one hundred eighty thousand accounts receivable, and it's like, oh man, how do you how do you how do you even survive? Like one hundred eighty thousand dollars changes your life, but this was over a nine-month period that he had gotten to this point, so it was just a he had something that he had not paid attention to. He had not made purposeful discussion, decisions to focus on money. And all of a sudden, his accounts receivables are insane. So it's a, it's a very typical thing that we, not not quite to that level, but it's a very typical thing that we see, you know, the 20,000 to 50,000 of accounts receivable across MSP. So we got to fix that too, is really- Well, that,
0: that number I've never heard before, but I have seen 20, 50, one times 70- Uh, And, you know, it's, it's, I always make a joke about it, but it's true. I literally asked them, you know, first thing let's do is I will help you go get that money. And they say, no, 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 I don't want to put pressure on him. He's my best client. You're like, Oh my God, who's your worst client. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And you just hit that on on the head right there because they're, they're oftentimes money is a. they're afraid of that discussion. They're afraid of talking about money. They're afraid of, of, the, the point of we need to have that discussion with a client. So it's very much a mindset also. So I agree with you hundred percent on that.
0: It's interesting. Um, maybe somebody needs to have a program that just says, if you got into IT and you hate money, uh, let's help you fall in love with money. Let's help you manage it right. Let's help you get paid in advance, you know, invest it on the other end. Um, you know, kind of the, I don't know, almost the, the reason for my community to exist is that, I have met so many people who've been in this business 10, 15, 20 years, and they have no money. Yeah. Just, you're charging $150 an hour and you have no money in the bank. Like what's, what's wrong with this picture?
1: Yeah. And and the other thing is it's almost like there was a big discussion in another Facebook group this weekend um, literally focused on me and how I really push people to sell. And the whole discussion was, you know, it's such a bad thing to ask for money and such a bad thing to charge right prices. And it's like, I was literally like, are you guys really having this debate right now about sales is a bad thing and asking to get paid for your services is a, is a bad thing because I did not go into business to have a crappy job, which effectively that's, you know, if, if we're not charging for our services, that's all we're doing. Because if you think about, really you know even if you're getting paid not let's say a $200,000 a year job which is a good job but you're going to have re- amazing benefits amazing vacation like all this other stuff and you get to go home and somewhat unplug at the end of the day versus if we're working for ourselves making 200 grand and not doing all those things and putting it forward even if you're making the money you get very little vacation you're always on there's not very good benefits So you, you know you want to make sure you build yourself a lifestyle organization and I think Carl, I know you've done that. And that's something that I've really worked on doing as well. I'm, and I consider wealth in my world, the ability to do what I want, what I want. And people can give me a hard time about that. But ultimately, if you ask any human being sitting there, would you rather have this or that? They're going to say, I would rather have a lifestyle organization. Well, then let's go get it because it's right. just about wanting it.
0: Yeah, it's so bizarre. Last week, I was in a room, 35 people. And we were talking about, you know, and, and I just literally started with the assumption, that you wanna make money, you wanna make more money than you did last year, and that we're gonna help you design bundles that will make you more successful. And I said, is there anybody who disagrees with this? And one person said, yeah. He said, I don't buy into the managed service model. He said, I think that there's a lot of really small people that no one will serve them if uh, if they have to sign a contract and no one will serve them because they don't have any money and on and on and on. And I said, look, that may be true, but that's not your problem. At the end of the day, mathematically, you cannot build a, 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 you know, a $2 million business selling by the hour. It's, it's literally impossible. Yeah. And so you know, at some point you have to leverage all the technology and all the opportunities and all the bundles. And you know, yes, there will be people that you can't serve, but somebody else will serve them, I promise you.
1: Yeah. And, and that's, it's also perfectly okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Right. Yeah. You're not bad for not serving those people.
1: Absolutely not. And it's, it's this, it's this issue that a lot of people have, especially the small entrepreneur has with money and addressing money and discussing money. And it becomes a personal limitation and something that you have to address head on. You know, one of the best ways to do that is, is honestly read books. Oh, this is actually a great story really quick. Um, I was watching uh, CNN, a couple of my, my wife's grandfather lives with us and watches you know, news networks all day. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago on a Sunday morning, CNN was on and they had a, a general on, a United States general that was on and and they were asking him how he learned about all this stuff. He's like, I read a book a week, every single week. He's like, you read, you're a general in the United States army. Why are you reading so much? He said, and this was such a, such a well-stated thing. He said... I only have so much time and with unlimited time, I could learn everything, but by having that, by by having, absorbing other people's knowledge, it massively reduces my time to learn. So he's reading constantly and evolving himself constantly. So we can get past all of this by learning and educating ourselves and just do you have the discipline and do it and and do you have the surroundings to do it. So that's kind of what we do in my coaching program too. It's just, it's all about educating yourself and and taking yourself to the next step and being open to that.
0: Well, and I'm a huge believer that we all have to be lifelong learners. Um, Brian Tracy, the old sales trainer, uh, yep. not, not not that he's that much older than me, but
1: he's, um, pretty, he's pretty old. <laughs> I, spent, I spent two full days with Brian and I carried around his briefcase for him and uh, super nice guy, but he's pretty old. Also. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but, but I love his old audio programs. And one of the things he always talked about was um, that if you listen to audiobooks while you're driving around town. Uh, driving to work, whatever. Uh, You can listen to a book a week and that is the equivalent of um, a college education every year, right? And so it it is literally the case. And I listen and I read, I read a ton. I read every single day and I read almost everything I can get my hands on because whether it's fiction or nonfiction or whatever, everything fills my brain with ideas. And then you know, I go to sleep and all these connections are made and then I wake up and I write another book. <laughs> so
1: yeah. No, and it's, and you're so right. And you look at all the tools that we have in front of us. Now we have Google, we have all these audible books, audio books, we have YouTube, all these things are there and we can just consume information at a speed never conceived by man before. So Take advantage of it and pay attention to that. That's not me talking to you that's talking to the audience. Obviously, I'll take advantage of it. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but it's, it's something that I do a lot as well. I don't read, read as much as I should, but I consume a lot of content either on YouTube and audiobooks and podcasts. That's where I do most of mine. And I, I need to spend more time personally reading, reading. But I still consume a lot for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a very powerful thing. So, uh, final comment I guess you sort of mentioned this discussion about you and the other group. Um, how do you feel? That there are people who don't like your approach. They're like, oh, I wouldn't do that because my clients would never buy it or whatever
1: the hell. Yeah, I mean you're always going to have people that don't like you. It's, I've had, it's funny because I, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I grew up a professional athlete from 15, 16 on. I was a professional race car driver and you have people that boo you at, at 16 years old. I was racing, professionally racing, dirt track racing. And I had people that were booing me. So I've kind Man. of grown accustomed to people not liking me for a while, <laughs> but my wife doesn't even like me. You heard me say that earlier, <laughs> but, um, ultimately people are not going to agree with you. And, also, success tells the story. So I'm f- perfectly fine with it. Uh, I encourage anyone that has any doubts, 99% of the people, and you run into this too. I know you do. And I know that's why you're asking that question because we both <laughs> get it a lot. Um, they've never met myself. They've never met me. I encourage you. Oh, I'm not a mean guy at all. Like I, everybody, I talk to everybody that talks to me. Um, I message everybody that messages me. I text back everybody that texts me. Uh, if you have doubts, talk to me. If you want to have a conversation, talk to me. If you don't want to, if you don't like me, that's fine. If you don't like my approach, that's fine. But at least do something to change your business and get outside of your own box. You have to make yourself constantly – this is such a big rule in business. Make yourself uncomfortable every day because if you're not uncomfortable in your business, you're doing something wrong. Like If, you, if you're to the point where you're like, oh, I can sit back and I don't have to do anything for three weeks – Something's wrong. You're like you right. need, I am so uncomfortable. I made a move yesterday, made an acquisition yesterday. I was so uncomfortable. I was like, why well, did to go so like stop and go walk for like, in fact, it's funny, I didn't walk. I rented a scooter in Austin, one of those e-scooters. Right. And I drove around for like 45 minutes cause I was so uncomfortable that it made me almost nauseous. Cause I spent a bunch of money yesterday on an acquisition. And you have to do that to grow. Like you have to do that to evolve. So I'm totally fine. If you don't agree with my approaches, that's okay. Um, If you want to talk to me, that's fine. On the same token, if you're not comfortable with what I'm doing or what Carl's doing or anybody else, and you're not taking that activity to make yourself uncomfortable every single day in your business, then you got to start turning that vision back internally and looking at yourself.
0: Very good. Excellent. Final note. Well, thank you for being with us Um, and give us your website one more time, just so people can connect to you.
1: Sure. Uh, So you can go to Google and just type in seven figure MSP or to www.sevenfiguremsp.com. Thanks, Carl.
0: Google also knows Chris Weiser. So you're not, it does.
1: It it does. Yes.
0: (laughs) Thanks for being here. Thank you, Carl. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB community podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, Please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at snbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.